20 and Back up here again. In fact, they're already defeated. 
And I felt like that picture of this snake like gushing all this fur. It was like there was the snake was like puffed up with all like like an emptiness. There was there's nothing of substance in that snake. And like when as soon as as soon as that it was like it was like pulled out and like its head was broken, like it just gushed forth and, and showed forth what it is. And I feel like that's a picture for many of us where the enemy's been having a field day trying to intimidate us and trying to get us to step away from the place that we should be inhabiting in God. And it's like he's built up, we, for many of us, we've built up this fear in our lives because he's just intimidated us or he's, he's accused us or he's come in and he's brought confusion or he's come in and tried to attack our finances or tried to attack relationships or tried to attack situations. And, and it's like, and, and it's like the Father saying, no more. And um, there's a verse in Genesis 50 where Joseph's talking to his brothers. And he says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. To bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. And I feel like with the enemies meant, meant for evil, God, God's meant for our good. And God wants to turn it around. So I don't know if that makes sense to any of you. Anyone? Yeah, let's just take a moment. If that's you, um, just stand. And that's and there's no shame. There's no. I just feel like God just wants to to breathe on that. Just, and those around you, you can just stand next to them, stand with them, lay hands on them. You guys standing can just put your hands out. Lord, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the series of being by my spirit. And right now, Lord, we thank you. We take authority over every area where the enemy is trying to come in and steal and kill and destroy. And we say no more in Jesus' name. We take authority over intimidation. We speak your delight in the place of accusation. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit.
Just allow the Spirit to begin to work in that place, even from the beginning of this morning. And, uh, yeah, it's just such a joy to be in this new venue. Um, I don't know if you guys all know the story about it, but uh, I just want to repeat it for some of you guys who might not. Um, I'll never forget when Carl messaged us. We just, I think we were only in the Salvation Army for like a month. <laughs> and um, and we've been looking for it for like six to nine months. I really believe God, like, we want a venue, we want somewhere we can grow, we want something to serve people, we want to be a voice in the city. And like we really went after it. And um, got a message saying, guys, you've got to be out by then. Like we, our first meeting was the 15th of September, we've got to be out by the end of the year. And, um, and then like a few weeks later, or it was like, like in that same like week or two weeks, that James's dad, James, Jerry's dad, Patrick, came and he spoke and, and I wrote down his word. He said, like, and we hadn't even said anything to the church about, like we just like settling into the new venue. And he said, I really felt whatever you need, Jesus sent guys ahead and they got to a place and they said, speak to them and say, the master has need of it. Wow. That's what Patrick said. And I remember Carl went back to the guys in Salvation Army and said, we really have need of this venue. And they said, 2019. And we also made our meetings in the afternoon to accommodate the venue, which was like a real thing. And, um, and here we are. Eh? And um, I love it that Carl started this, this year with... Um, the series by my spirit. Because that's what happens when it's not by my or my power, but by a spirit. I love that we can we can start a new year and a new decade with God already having demonstrated what He's leading us into. So we're preaching on a, on a series by my spirit and like we're actually living in the evidence of what He's done by a spirit. Because you can't just like find a venue by a random guy sending an email to a website that someone yeah. finds his way to us. That's perfect for us. So. So, he's actually gone ahead of us and accomplished what we could never have done. I love that verse, not by might or by power. And the, word, I just, the words that he used for might and power in the Hebrew, might, the word is, means, is chayil, it means strength, efficiency, wealth, activity, resources. What we can't accomplish with our own activity, our own strength, our wealth, our, even our best efficiency and resources, he can do in a moment by spirit. The word for power means ability, force, human strength, chameleon. It literally does. It means a lizard. It's like a word. To be firm. Capacity. You see what, 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 can take, like, what can take six to nine months in us doing something in our own strength. Not that we were trying to find a venue in our own strength. But like God can literally turn it around in two weeks. And... Um, and I really feel like there's something that he's inviting, he's inviting us into to, um, to see him do things by his spirit. And I just, I just wanted to remind us of the story because, you know, we must never forget what God has done. Because sometimes we can't move into what God wants to do because we actually neglect to rejoice and give thanks to what he has done. When you recognize what God does, then it opens up more for what he has done. Thanks, Jess. Sometimes you have to come to the end of yourself just to get to the beginning of what he wants to do. 
And you know, there's a verse that follows, like two verses later, it says, Do not despise these small beginnings, or do not despise the day of small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work beginnings. Zechariah 14. And I feel like for some of us, God's saying in this new year, this new decade, don't, don't despise, don't neglect, don't overlook the small beginnings. Because in that place of where it doesn't look like much, He's already begun to work. And He's already put the seed of what He wants to grow. And if we can, and if we can learn to build a culture of faith, where we rejoice in what He is doing, then we have faith to step out and ask Him for, to see what, what He's not yet doing. Makes sense. I really believe we're living in a time when we're going to live in the reality of the demonstration of the suddenlies of God. That, like, the very things we're going to speak, He's already almost going to demonstrate as we say them. I really feel like it's going to be a sign of His kingdom breaking in. And, and, I, and I, I really felt He's going to bring a sudden turnaround. I don't know, I don't know, but I know there's a few people in this room who need a sudden turnaround in life. Yeah. And I really felt like by a spirit, like what, what we've been trying to get right in the last six to nine months to a year, he's literally, he, he can literally do in a week, in a day, yeah. in a moment. Not by mind, not by power, but by a spirit. And I really felt like there's a special grace on this new decade that he's breathing on. That like there's certain things like we've just resigned. We've like that that term like is one of the most powerless terms when you just resign yourself to the fact. You know? But I feel like for all of us in some area of our life, we've resigned ourselves to the fact that uh, it just it is what it is. Okay? I know I have. And for certain of us, it's, it's circumstances, it's loved ones, it's financial situations, or ongoing health issues, relational casualties. And I, I feel like God just wants to say, just trust me. Just, just trust me. And you'll see me turn it around. And sometimes like it's the very situations where we've been exerting all of our minds, all of our resources, all of our... All of, our, all of our wealth. And it just, it's not changing. And I feel, feel like he says in one moment by my spirit. I love Genesis 1 verse 2. I think I shared it last week. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The earth was without form and void. And the Hebrew actually uses two words. It's like a rhyming. It's tohu and bohu. Which actually, it's like, it's a way of, it's like Hebrew poetry. Like the way of expressing the same idea using two very similar words. So the word tohu means formless or confusion or emptiness. Or desolation, and Bohu means emptiness. It could also mean a worthless thing. And it's like you get this picture of like the spirits at the beginning, just hovering over like the things that are empty, formless, empty, worthless, confusion. It's like I just had a sense of God saying the very areas in our life that cause confusion, the 
spirit is, is already brooding over them. He's already moving over them. Yeah. The place that looks empty, the place that looks dark, the place you think in your life, you're like, I've got nothing going for me in this area. It's like the spirit is already moving. He's already brooding. He's already... He's already moving. Where you can't get it to move, he's already moving. And the word for the word that it uses there, when it says the spirit was hovering, it means to brood and by implication to be relaxed. He's so relaxed. Like the very thing that causes you the most tension, that causes you the most frustration, that causes you the most anxiety. He's, he's totally relaxed about it. Sure. He's completely relaxed. He's not flustered. He's moving over the unmovable circumstances in our lives. He's hovering over you with love, power, insight, brilliance. Not by minds, not by power, but by the spirit. And I love it because he doesn't stop at brooding. But rather, and then it says, and God said, let there be light. The spirit's already moving in those areas where God wants to speak and declare a reality. He wants to speak into something that isn't and call out something that is. He's releasing his very nature into you. What does John say? In the beginning was the word. This is what it says in the Passion Version. In the very beginning, the living expression was already there. And the living expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together, face to face in the very beginning. And through His creative inspiration, this living expression made all things. For nothing has existence apart from Him. Life came into being because of Him, for His life is the light for all humanity. And this living expression is the light that bursts through gloom, the light that darkness could not diminish. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He comes in, He speaks light, and God comes into your situation. And you actually, when you see that He's in your situation, you realize He was already there. He was there all along. And I love it, the light that He spoke in the beginning, is still as light and as active as the day he said it did light. Sure. It's not crazy. Like the, all those pictures that you see with NASA and these new telescopes, like they're saying these galaxies are like billions of light years ago. So it's light that's been traveling since the very moment God said that there'd be light. And there's still, it's still bringing light. And we're able to witness the reality of something that happened however many years ago, whatever you want to believe in the science. But you know, in the same way, some of us literally have promises and things spoken over our lives that are sitting on the shelf. And God says, as true today and as real today as the day that was spoken and the day that we conceived. Because He's eternal. And He speaks something and it comes into being. And you might, might not see it, but the reality is, He's established it. Amen. I want to read this from John 20. It's a story of Jesus um, 
coming to the disciples in the upper room. John 20, 19 to 23. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad and they saw the, that they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. I love it that Jesus comes into that moment where they are like totally living in a place of fear. And he releases the Spirit on them. It says, The doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. And Jesus came and stood among them. I love that Jesus is like he enters our fear. Like all the barriers that we put up to God enter him. It's like he'll just find a way through our walls. It's like you can put up walls, you can block yourself off, you can have that area in your life where you're just like, no, I'm just going to allow fear to dominate. And next moment Jesus is there. And you're like, no, no, I'm blocked, I'm close, I'm close, no, he's there. And what does he say? Peace be with you. Profound. The enemy wants to come and cause us to live from a place of fear and intimidation. Why? Because when you're living in fear, you can't go forward. What does what what Jesus say in verse 21? As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. It's like the most ridiculous situation. He's come into a room, they've locked themselves in the room, and he says, I'm sending you. It's like, no, we don't. Like we, we've locked ourselves away from fear of the Jews, and Jesus says, No, I'm saying. So, what fear does is it causes us to be so consumed with ourselves that we just lock ourselves in and say, As long as I'm here, I'm safe, it's fine. Life is actually fine, safe in the room with our mates. You know? We don't know what happened. Like, we're confused. Like, we, Jesus is gone, He's dead. Like, we were hoping for all these things, but it's fine. I can live in the place of safety where I've locked myself in. And I know I'm going to be okay. And what happens? Jesus just comes through the walls and he just says peace. And he says that today, he releases peace on us. Because he hasn't called us to live in a place where we live from a place of safety and introspection. Because he called us to be part of a kingdom that is his family. Because from the very beginning he said, let there be light. And light is still expanding. The light that he spoke, he created out of nothing. We can't, you can't create light, you can't, like, it, light it, is this, we can't, like, we still don't even understand. Is it a wave? Is it a particle? Is it a particle of waves? That scientists still don't understand. And, and the light that he's, he spoke and he created is still expanding. And the nature of the kingdom is always expansive. And God says to you, I want you to live in an expansive place. That's what John says in John 3, 34. He who speaks the word of God has been given the spirit of God without measure. You've been given the spirit of God without measure. Which means there's no limitation. And God says, 
for some of us who place limitations on our lives, and he says, I'm calling you to unlock the doors and break off limitation and live from a place of peace because I want you to go. Because if you try and live from the place of your own measure and your own limitation, you'll live from a place of lack. And I was walking on the prom the other morning and um, I took the photo that's at the back there of, I don't know which pool that is, someone on that, Rich Martin will know which one that is. Um, and I was just walking and running and praying and listening to music and I, had, and I was like listening to the worship song and I was just overcome and I felt like God said you can live from the place of your own limitation and measure like that pool and you can try and give out of that place and you're going to give to a point of limited capacity yeah. or you can live from the ocean of my goodness and my extravagance and you can never measure it. And, and I, I realize what God said. It's like, you've been trying to be extravagant. But your starting point has been your own limitations. So you can only be so extravagant that you think, I'm not going to have enough. But when your starting point is me, and that I've got no limitations, then you can reflect the extravagance of my kingdom. And when you have an encounter with the extravagance of the love of God, then you can give it away freely. Because you know, there's never, there's never an end. And that's what happens when you live from a place of not by our own minds, not by our own strength, but by our spirit. And I love it. It says, when he had said this, so he comes into that place of fear. He says, peace be with you. When he had said this, John 20, 20, or 20, 20. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And I've been thinking about this a lot. Why? Like Jesus got a perfectly new body when he was raised from the dead, yet his scars remained. And he wasn't afraid to hide his scars and his pain from his disciples or from the new creation. And I was like, he comes into this place of fear and he says, Look, I've been there. I've been into a place of pain. I've been into a place of being alone. And I've made it out of the grave. So in every place of pain, in every place where you're fearing, or like your worst fears come true, I'm with you in that very place. I see your scars, and I'm not ashamed of you. He sees our weaknesses, he's not ashamed of our weaknesses. Like, what, why does Paul say, your power is made perfect in weakness? His power is made perfect in our weakness. The very things that sometimes you try to overcome, maybe God just wants to breathe on them and just allow them to use those things to demonstrate His goodness and His kindness. Then Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. Like an overwhelming peace. The Father, relentless, He just continues to release the substance of who He is over them. Peace was His reality, so He could release it over them. As the Father sent me, even so I'm sending you. And you know what the enemy tries to do? He tries to get us to live in those places and get obsessed with those places where it's formless and void and dark because then we lock ourselves in. Where, in fact, he's calling us to be people who go out into places of darkness and say, let there be light. As the Father sent me, I'll send you. 
As I come into your place of fear and speak peace, and you go into places of fear and you release peace. We can't afford to be people who don't live with a sense of the kingdom mandate of actually we've got to go. Because then we just become obsessed with ourselves. And if we exist just for the people in this room, then we might as well have to shut it down. Because it's not about what happens in here, it's about what happens when we go out. And we release the, the nature of the kingdom from within in the very places of darkness. Amen? And then when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. This is what the, passion, the commentary on the Passion says. The Greek word used here does not appear anywhere else in the New Testament. However, it is the same word found in the Septuagint for God breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life. The beginning of new creation life came from the breath of Jesus. Just as God had breathed into the dirt of Adam's life and called out life, Jesus breathes into the disciples and gives them this new heavenly reality by the Spirit. It's like the new creation has come. Jesus said, the old is gone, the new has come, and He breathed and released the life of the Spirit. The Spirit kiss is what made Adam the man of clay into a living expression of God. Dust and deity met when the maker kissed his spirit wind into Adam. And there's something that God is inviting us into to be a people we say, God, come and breathe on my life. Come and breathe on those places that just don't make sense. Because He wants us to be people who release the Spirit in the exact same way on those who are hurt and dying and broken. This is what it says, John 3.34. For He whom God sent speaks the words of God. Where he gives the spirit without measure. And I, I just feel like God wants to break that thing of measure over us, of living with the sense of lack, of living with the sense of this is where this is where my boundaries are, I'm safe. No, he wants to break the doors off and release his spirit and release the dynamic power of his goodness into us so we can be people who take his spirit and see his kingdom come in a new way.